Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jared with Off Script, episode 12. Thanks for being here, and uh, I want to have a fun time today with this episode because I'm talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. That's right. I want to talk a little bit about The Lord of the Rings, one of the greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. Well, I think it's objectively true, but it is definitely, at least in the opinion of the public, one of the greatest uh, trilogies, a series of movies of all time. And uh, I I want to set the mood for us a little bit. I texted the violinist at our church, Caleb, and asked him to shoot me a little clip. And uh, he did just that. So we'll take it away, Caleb. Doesn't that clip just take you back to the Shire? <laughs> I know it does for me. Um, so I I think about that, and I think about just the whole movie, and I I love it so much that I started asking questions about myself, thinking like, why do I love this movie so much? What is what is about this that hits me like no other? I mean, I've got other movies, obviously, like the Marvel. Infinity Wars and uh, Endgame, those were epic movies. Those were great movies. Um, you know, Star Wars are, are, is a huge trilogy. I mean, there's other big movies out there that have a grand scope. So, I, I mean, Chronicles of Narnia is a, a Christian movie, basically, and it's big, it's epic, but there's something. I'm, t- I'm telling you, there is something about The Lord of the Rings that is specifically different. And I just wanted to take a moment and kind of collect my thoughts on that because it's something that rattles around my head. There might be something to that worth paying attention to. Uh, Maybe something that the church can even learn from in this extremely well-made movie. So as I think about The Lord of the Rings, and really what I want to answer today is why is it so satisfying uh, to a Christian because I think it is. And I also want to ask, why is it so satisfying to a Christian man? Why is a Christian man's soul uh, so satisfied by this movie? Um, well, I have five thoughts that I put together with with a couple of uh, little subpoints underneath. I want to give them to you now. First of all, the obvious Christian imagery all over the movie. Now, again, Lord of the Rings is not as on the nose with the imagery as is Narnia. Now, you guys may know that uh, J.R. Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis wrote Narnia. Uh, Both Christians, uh, Lewis was an evangelical, Tolkien a Catholic, but they had a friendship, and I think they approached their work in a similar fashion. Uh, Tolkien desired to be a bit more abstract with his allegory. So uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. If you guys have ever taken the time and you wanted to read the Christian allegory in the Lord of the Rings, um, again, it's not quite like 
Narnia where it's like, okay, obviously the lion Aslan is Jesus. I mean, it's just so plainly obvious he dies and resurrects and, and comes back. And uh, that's pretty much in your face. With with Lord of the Rings, it's a bit harder to find. There are Christ figures all throughout the the movie. There's no one figure that stands necessarily above. Obviously, there is the evil uh, of Sauron, and he's sort of the Satan figure in the movie. But there's a lot more than that. So I have just a, a couple of quick points to show you in case you've never thought about the fact that there is Christian imagery in it. First of all, it's the obvious good versus evil story. Um, the uh, the fellowship of the ring that desires to take the ring to Mordor and the obvious evil presence that's trying to take over all of the world, uh, Sauron and the orcs and the, the various armies of Saruman, uh, those are, that's a clear battle between obvious good and evil. Um, the second is a sacrifice. There's a clear picture when Frodo gives up his life and says, I will take this ring to the fires of Mount Doom, I will do it. Uh, there's that picture of, of sacrifice that we see in Christ when he says, I will lay down my comforts, I will uh, become flesh, and I will go and do the hard task of going to the cross, which ultimately will cost me greatly. And so uh, we see that. We see brotherly love displayed all throughout this movie. One of the most powerful relationships in the movie is between Sam and Frodo. Um, I've heard it said that it's possible that Sam was was possibly the greatest hero of the the whole thing. His his love for Frodo as a brother, being there for him, pushing him along, not letting his foot stumble, um, challenging him to press on, and even carrying him literally at the end, uh, is a a great picture of the the body of Christ and what a brotherly love and fellowship ought to be. That just constant encouragement. Um, number four, we see the effects of sin in life in this movie. So obviously you see Frodo being corrupted by the ring as he carries it, but the plain picture of what sin does to a life is in Gollum. Uh, that, you know, strange, I, I could really do the impression right now, but I'm afraid that you would think I was a weirdo. So we'll save that for in person if you want it. But uh, that picture of Gollum, the, the formerly Smeagol, living under the earth and in, in the darkness and not really wanting to go out into the light and sort of being just this really strange creature that's been deformed and his whole existence is caught up in just pursuing after having this ring in his hand. Uh, that's a powerful picture of the corrupting influence of sin on our lives and how it draws us further into the darkness away from the light. You also have various, I mean, various resurrection kind of moments in the film. Um, obviously, Gandalf is the prime picture of that when he uh, battles the 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 huge, uh, what's that thing's name? I have just blanked on the name, that huge monster that he fights and they fall down he falls over the edge of the the hole and he just falls for like 20 minutes and he falls into the next movie really and uh you know he was gandalf the gray and then he returns in this in the next movie and he's gandalf the white as this remade um wizard and so you clearly there was a picture of of Christ's resurrection in that um i i even see 
some pictures of the return of Christ in the moment where Gandalf comes back on the hill on the Battle of Helm's Deep. And then next, I mean, the third movie is called The Return of the King. I mean, literally, it's called The Return of the King. Uh, That's trying to point your attention to uh, the return of Christ and how he's taking his rightful seat on the throne. In the movie, it's Aragorn is the, the king, but there is a clear and obvious picture there. So that imagery all over it. If you're a Christian and you're just like, man, I love the Lord of the Rings, but I don't really, I feel spiritual to me, but they don't talk about God or there's no reference to Jesus in it. Yeah, it's because it's there's allegory and there's pictures of Christ all over the movie in different ways. There's different gospel pictures and different uh, references to scripture all over it. So that's number one why it's so satisfying, because there's more than just a fiction story. It's based in the great story. Uh, Number two, it paints history in a positive light. You know, it's so unique today to look back on on the past with some level of respect and fondness and nostalgia. I think right now where we live, it's uh, it's really common to look back on the past as just a bunch of fools. Um, and that's probably a, a result of our evolutionary mindset that, that we live in a time when evolution is the dominant theme. And so if that's true, then everyone before you must be dumber than you because you are the, the highest form of the evolved creature. Um, obviously I don't agree with that, but that's the dominant mindset. And so in this movie though, everything that they look back on in the past is is positive. So their ancestors to them are their heroes. They look back and, and everything is the great, uh, forefathers who came before us. And, uh, when they need answers to their modern, modern problems, they look back to ancient wisdom even the items that they look back on, oh, this is the great sword that was used in this battle. And it's always a higher quality because it's older, you know, like something, there's just something about that, you know, the the great mines of Moria, you know, they were these uh, wonderful dwarf places under the earth and you should have seen them in their heyday. And it's, everything was like the glory was always in the past. And when they look back on it, there's this they find out who they are today based on knowing who they were in the past, and they learn about themselves. And if they can just capture a bit of the past, then they learn in the present. There's something about that I think that the church needs to latch onto today, that not everything we do needs to be a, a grasping for the newest, trendiest thing, um, that there, not everyone before us was idiots. In fact, it's possible that we are the idiots. It's good to think like that sometimes, that we're we're not the the greatest gift to mankind just because we're the latest. Just because you're the latest, you aren't the greatest. So it's very possible that people in the 1900s, 1800s, 1700s, 1600s knew things that we didn't know and were were turned on to things that we that we still don't understand today uh, because we've lost something. Um, so again, not saying that has to be true, but I think it's good to look back with some degree of positivity toward the past and especially where you came from. And this movie captures that. Um, Number three point. This movie does a great job. All three movies do a great job of painting a picture of heroic masculinity. Uh, You have a positive picture of men in this movie. 
And uh, you've seen, I think I've even seen it lately where Lord of the Rings has kind of been made fun of for not having that many females in it. Um, but it's such a strong movie for men to see. I mean, if you just think about the characters, I mean, I, I any of these five characters that I can think of off the top of my head are really solid characters. So Gandalf obviously is one of the great characters in the movie. He's like the wise sage. He always knows what's going on. He's got an answer for everything. Um, he's got a, a history. He's like the, the wisdom in the room. He's been there. He knows it. Um, he's seen this happen before and he kind of knows every little civilization because he's so old. Uh, Theoden, I think is the great king in the movie. Uh, he, he's such, he, he takes the bull by the horns. He has so much courage. Um, same for Aragorn. I mean, he's out, he's the king in the return of the king. Um, but Aragorn is such a good character. The whole movie, you know, you find yourself rooting for him. Um, and then obviously Sam and Frodo taking on a quest and a challenge like that, uh, being strong for one another, uh, you can, they're all different. I mean, obviously Sam and Frodo are way different than Theoden and, and Aragorn, but there are masculine qualities in them that I think you can, you can take. And what's really cool about this is if you take the best of all of those five characters I just mentioned and combine them, you get Christ. Christ is the culmination of all the great masculine characteristics of wisdom and courage and, um, willingness to sacrifice on behalf of others. And that is Jesus. So I just think when we see that and we wonder, man, why am I so drawn to these guys? It's, you're really seeing those characteristics of Christ. Um, just as a fun fact too, with the, the masculinity, isn't it great that there is no nudity or cursing in the Lord of the Rings movies? I just think that is so great that yes, there are, are scenes of war and violence, but that there is no nudity, no cursing. And I, I just think that for a movie of that high caliber, that just shows it can be done. Uh, number four, why Lord of the Rings is so satisfying to a Christian man's soul. Epic scenery and epic soundtrack. Uh, you have to admit, the music, this movie, just takes your soul to a, to an epic place. Everything is perfectly done. Howard Shore did such an amazing job. And the scenery, I don't know if you know, most of the movie was filmed on location in New Zealand. And you can even go today and see a lot of those same places. New Zealand tourism makes a huge killing off of people making uh, pilgrimages to go see the Lord of the Rings uh, set. But I think there's something in there that speaks to a Christian man's soul as well. When you see this, those beautiful... Uh, rugged mountainscapes. When you see um, the, even the Shire, the places where the hobbits live, you see all the where the elves live in Rivendell and the, sort of the watery uh, places built into the mountain rocks. I mean, there's there's all sorts of places, but just the grand scale of it, I think, naturally turns our heart to the Creator when we see something that's so amazing to take in. We're we're turned to the greatness of God who made those things. And again, the movie doesn't preach this. It's not like they said in the beginning uh, of the movie, hey, we're, we're setting out to help you worship God through music and through um, his creation. But I'm telling you, if your heart's in the right place, it happens. 
in that movie, especially in as all the allegory is taking place. Number five, last, it satisfies all of the greatest driving forces in a man's life. So I think this is why men just love this movie so much. Number one, it shows, especially in the beginning, the value of building a life worth defending. So when the movie starts, you see the hobbits living in their their little shire. It's this green rolling hills. Uh, I mean, it reminds me of East Tennessee, where I, where I grew up. It's just this sort of pastoral uh, farm, idyllic farm life. Uh, there's family around. There's children running everywhere. Uh, there are... Uh, community events happening, birthday parties for the community. It's just a picture of uh, of a life well-lived, full of joy and happiness, but also building families, a life worth defending. Now, I think that's important because what comes next, uh, when the challenge comes, you now have something worth fighting for, and that's important. So the number two uh, there's the acceptance of challenge and a purpose in life. Every man, every woman too, hear me, every woman also, but I'm just telling you, there's something in the heart of man that yearns for the accepting of a challenge and purpose, a driving divine purpose in life. And in the movie, we see that is the willingness to take that ring and go all the way, do the hard thing travel for miles and follow, take the journey up to the place where you don't know if you're going to make it, but the fate of the world literally rests in your hands. And you know you're going to get corrupted by the ring along the way. And you continue to go because it's worth the challenge. It's worth the push because there's a greater good. Uh, and your life takes on a great significance as you embrace that challenge and you go take that ring to Mordor, which Sam and Frodo uh, ultimately did. And it's the pushing back of darkness. So you have the armies of the orcs and Sauron pressing in and taking over innocent villages as they come through in the beginning of the Rohan scene where they're um, coming in on their horses and they're, and, and they're fighting in the open fields. And you can tell the darkness is moving in. It's finding its way. What started in the dark corners of Mordor eventually creeps in to the Shire. And to the the life, so you can't. It it almost teaches this lesson of we can't just barricade ourselves off and live sweet lives. We have to engage this world. We have to be a part of it. We have to go and apply our light to the darkness to push it back, so that it won't ultimately come to our doorstep. And um, number three, you see uh, that sacrifice for something great and meaningful. Um, a life that has no sacrifice will struggle to find its meaning. And then again, number four, we see a life lived with honor. I think there's something to the Christian man's life that desires to live honorably, uh, to live at a certain code, a certain uh, life. Now we know ultimately that's rooted in the life of Christ. We seek to imitate him, uh, to live after what he has, the course he has set for us and um, it's in that striving and living for Christ that that sense of I am I am doing I'm living the life God designed for me to live. There's honor in that, and there's something that really strikes a man's heart in that. So um, 
I step back from all this and just think, I hope, I don't know if there'll ever be another movie like this. I hope there will be, but it is so good. And I'll just say for me, you know, I kind of tie this to my last episode 11 of depression. There's times in in everybody's life where you go through, whether it's actually depression or not, whether it's self-imposed, whether it's just a moment of of darkness that that passes a few days later, call it depression. Everyone goes through times like that in life. And I know for me, when I get there, I, without fail, will turn this movie on. And I'm not saying that it, it, it... it lifts me out of the depression or anything like that. But there's something about this movie that enlivens me and just helps me have perspective. Maybe it just, maybe it just gives me a good cry for a good manly cry for no reason. But I'm telling you, man, when I see those battles at Helm's Deep or when I see that final battle with Theoden giving the speech and the riders of Rohan appear and they're going down to help them in the in the city and they're going to go fight and, and Theoden is shouting death and they're riding in on the horse. I mean, man, it just it, there's something about it that reaches your soul. And uh, I really look forward to that every time I watch this movie. It'll be a classic till the day I die. And I just wanted you guys to know how I feel about this movie, why I think it's so great. And um, we ought to have a uh, Lord of the Rings marathon at church sometime. It's that good. And we can all talk about what we've, all the spiritual takeaways that we have from it. But anyway, I want to end you guys, not with the normal jingle, but I want to end with uh, my my boy Caleb, who gave me another clip of the Rohan theme. And we'll close it with that. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. <laughs>